Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Now, if you'll turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, Proverbs, chapter 3, and uh, I'm going to read verse 11 through verse uh, 18, verse 18, uh, that would be like the focus of our study. The particular focus of our study is going to be verses 13 through 18, but beginning with verse 11, my son do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. Amen. Amen. God be praised. Now, um, as we continue to make our way through the book of Proverbs, and what a marvelous and magnificent study it is. God is helping us to understand how important and how imperative it is that we live with godly wisdom. Just look at somebody tell them, I need godly wisdom. I need godly wisdom. And godly wisdom is different than the wisdom of the world. We understand that wisdom is not a tip. Wisdom is not simply advice. But wisdom, wisdom is a person. Wisdom is God. And Solomon is writing to his son, and he is encouraging his son and admonishing his son to embrace wisdom, to seek wisdom, to value the wisdom of God. And then, of course, Solomon is doing for his son what David had done for him. David had spoken to Solomon about the wisdom of God. As Christians, when we think about wisdom, we must understand that as we study the book of Proverbs, that ultimately the book of Proverbs is going to lead us to the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the uh, he is the ultimate expression of the wisdom of God. He is the personification of the wisdom of God. Now, you understand, as I said to you over the last couple of weeks, we've been in chapter 3, and we're not rushing through, we're breaking it down uh, as we go through these chapters because we want to glean everything that God can give us in terms of insight and revelation. That Proverbs chapter 3 really is made up of three sections, and each section begins with the phrase, my son. So verse 1 in chapter 3 says, my son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. That's, that's the first section. Section 2 begins with verse 11. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. And then that's the second division. The third division will begin with verse 21. My son, let not... let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So there are three divisions in the third chapter of Proverbs. Now also I told you to take note of the fact that the word Lord or the title Lord shows up in each of these three sections 
three times. And the fact that the name or the title Lord, which is a title of God, shows up in each of the three sections three times means that Solomon is placing emphasis on the fact that one cannot take God for granted. One cannot be casual about God. One must take serious their relationship with God and one must take serious who God is because God is in the words of the prophet Isaiah, he is the holy other. Now, when you understand that the title for God, Lord, Jehovah, is showing up in this Proverbs three times, Yahweh, his name is showing up three times in each of the sections, it is a reminder then that we are in a covenant relationship with God. What made Israel special, what made them a particular people was their covenant relationship with God. They didn't choose God, God chose them. He did not choose them because they were so mighty or strong or large in number but he chose them out of his own uh, will, out of his own providential will. These would be the descendants of the patriarchal fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And the promise that God made to Abraham is a promise that God would keep. The covenant relationship between Israel and God was ratified at Sinai. After God had delivered Israel out of bondage in Egypt, then he said in Mount Sinai, if you would be my people, then I would be your God. You shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. They had the responsibility of carrying the name of God. They had the responsibility of keeping the law, obeying the commands of God. And they had the responsibility of being a witness for God. Isaiah says that God called Israel to be a light unto the nations. Now, in the covenant relationship, I've said to you, you cannot have a relationship with God and not carry the responsibilities that come with the relationship. Let me say it again. You cannot have a relationship with God and not accept the responsibilities that come with the relationship. I continue to pray for you. I do. I continue to pray for you. And I'm going to tell you one of the things I'm praying for you about. I'm praying that God would deliver you from being religious. <laughs> That's what I'm praying for. Because I've come to the conclusion that if there is a weakness at the Canaan church, if there is a weakness at the Canaan church. Our weakness is too many of the people that I pastor are religious. Too religious. I'm, uh, you know, and, and my prayer is that you're Christians, but too many are just religious. And the reason I know that too many of the people I pastor are religious is because of how casual people can be about God. Just too, 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 too casual, too casual. To be saved means I'm in relationship with God. It is not that I believe that there's a God somewhere. Mm -mm. No, saved means I know him personally as Lord and Savior. It means I understand that when God saved me, he called me to be somebody and he called me to do something. So I must accept the responsibilities that come with the relationship. If I were to ask you today, do you want God to bless you? I have no equivocation. Everybody's gonna say yes, yes. Cause I'm telling you, I, I'm not turning down any blessing God gives me. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm grateful for every, one, for every blessing he does give me. And the reason why I'm grateful for every blessing he gives me is because I know I don't deserve it. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm not getting blessings because I'm so good. I get blessed because God is so gracious. But when I think about how good he is to me, in spite of my shortcomings, 
something in me says you need to grow in your commitment. Are you still with me? You see, because Solomon is saying his son, I, I need you, to, son, to grasp wisdom, to go after wisdom. Not the wisdom of the world, but the wisdom of God. Because the wisdom of God is what's going to make the difference in how you live. Okay, listen, turn quickly, turn quickly to Deuteronomy. I want you to see it for yourself. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, what is particular about Deuteronomy chapter 28? It talks about blessings in relationship to obedience and then curses in relationship to disobedience. Now, I'm not going to go as far to get to the curses with the disobedience. I'm just making a point about the blessings with the obedience. Amen? Okay, now look at Deuteronomy chapter chapter 28 verse 1. Now listen, Deuteronomy is a book of the Bible and Old Testament. Israel, Israel is getting ready to go over into the land of Canaan. Now what is the land of Canaan? It is the promised land. It's what God had promised them. And they're getting ready to go into a land that flows with milk and honey. They're getting ready to go into a land where God is going to bless them. Joshua said to them when they was going over every place, your footsteps down. God's going to bless you. Now, the correlation, I feel like teaching today, the correlation of the book of Joshua in the Old Testament for us would be Ephesians in the New Testament. Because Ephesians is talking to us about our riches in Christ. Joshua was talking about the victory and how God is blessing Israel when they come into the land of promise. Now, Deuteronomy is a book where God is telling them before they cross over into the land, if you do these things, I will bless you. Now, God will let you know in advance what he'll do if you keep his commandments. The old preacher said, have I got a witness? Look at Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments which I command you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obeyed the voice of the Lord your God. When's the last time you got hit by a blessing? When's the last time you got ran over by a blessing? You know, when you get run over by one, you say, I didn't see that coming, but the Lord blessed me anyhow, right? Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Somebody say, I'm just blessed. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. What is God saying to Israel. He is saying to Israel that there is a relationship and a correlation between obedience and blessings. You're in a covenant relationship with me, but in the covenant I give you responsibilities. So you can't have the relationship if you don't accept the responsibilities. Now in the New Testament record, the same could be said for you and I even today in the New Testament. Now I'm going to save a little time, but when you get a minute, you read Galatians chapter 4. And read chapter 4, say verses, uh, Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through about 4 or 5. Verses 1 through about verse 5. And what you're going to read there is you'll be reminded when Paul writes to the Christians of Galatia, he reminds them that Jesus was not an accidental Christ. He was sent into the world and he was sent by the Father for one reason and that is to bless us, to bring us into a saving relationship with God. Have I got anybody here today who understands that if it had not been for Jesus Christ, you would not be saved? 
because he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He's the one who went to Calvary, laid down his life on the cross. He became the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb. He was the lamb without sin. He did not go to Calvary for sins that he had done in his life. No, he took our sins to the cross. He's the one that prays in the garden of Gethsemane. Father, can this cup pass away? Because it's a bitter cup. Because in that cup was all of the sins of all of mankind from Adam up to Jesus and since Jesus now up to this present time and to any man or woman they'll ever be born in the world. All of the sins of all humanity was in that cup. It was a bitter cup. But then he says, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he died on a cross. He said from the cross, it is finished. He never said, I'm finished. It's finished. Well, what is it that was finished? That means that the old account was settled. That means that redemption was secured. God sent him into the world so you and I could be saved. And we're now in a covenant relationship with him. The difference is the old covenant was, was uh, manifested by or represented by law. The new covenant is represented by grace. Amen. And every time we take Holy Communion, it is a, a manifestation or representation of the new covenant that we have with God in Christ. Hallelujah. It's a relationship. But you can't have the relationship without having the responsibility that comes with the relationship. And God is saying to us, time out for being religious. I didn't save you to be religious. Christianity is not about religion. It ain't about rituals. It ain't about rules. It's not about regulations. Christianity is about one thing. It's about our relationship with God. And everything that we do, we do it out of a relationship with God wherein we love him who first loved us. Anything that we don't do for God, that means we are failing to do what we ought to do in terms of our relationship to God who's been so good to us. God, deliver us from being religious. Deliver us, God, from having a resume that says I'm a member of Canaan Christian Church Deliver me, God, from just going to church on Sunday and then feeling like I have done all I need to do. Deliver me, God, from being casual about your word. Deliver me, God, from being casual about prayer. Deliver me, God, from being casual about witnessing to others. Deliver me, God, from living a life where the only time I think about you is Sunday morning. Because Monday through Saturday, you know where on my radar screen. Deliver me from being religious. Amen. Now, I haven't gotten away from the text. I really haven't. Because what is Proverbs speaking to us about? It's talking to us about what? The wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is to be found in a person. Jesus Christ. It is not a tip. You know, give me a tip. It, it ain't a tip. It is not advice. It is a person so that when we grasp the wisdom of God, then we can live our lives within the parameters of the will of God. Boy, I'm loving what I'm teaching today, Sister Hurt. I'm loving this. When you have the wisdom of God, you live your life in the parameters of the will of God. When you live your life in the parameters of the will of God, you can't help but be blessed. Brother Heard, if I keep on, I'm going to ask you to hold my mule while I shout. <laughs> Because Proverbs says the plans of a man are many, but it's the Lord's plans that prevail, right? Okay? The Proverbs says that uh, your gift will make room for you. 
and bring you before great people. I wish I had a witness up in here today, all right? So it has to do with the will of God. Now, 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 let me show you. Look, look at verse, look at verse 13. See, verse 13 says, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains uh, understanding. Y'all see that? That's verse 13. Now go down to verse 18. Verse 18 says, the latter part says, and happy are all who retain her. So Sister Hill, verse 13 through 18 in Proverbs chapter 3, we could say it is an Old Testament beatitude. Look, as I'm about to say, if he keeps on with this, I'm going to shout. Okay, okay, let me show you. Because let's go to Matthew. Let's go to the New Testament then. Let's go to the New Testament. And let's go to Matthew chapter 5, right? And this is the Sermon on the Mount. And it opens with the what? Beatitudes. And seeing the multitude, he went up on a mountain. And when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you. Falsely for my sake rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Bless, 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 bless. Uh, what is your name? <laughs> uh, blessed. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, that, that's my name. My name is Blessed. Blessed. And I'm not blessed by accident. I'm blessed by the divine intentionality of God. And when I live within his will, I'm going to be blessed. That's why I need godly wisdom. Because I don't want to fool around and miss my blessing. You see, because, it, you know, see, it, it, it's not that God doesn't want to bless me. The problem is I keep forfeiting my blessing. It ain't that God don't want to bless me, but I'm out of position. The blessing was there, but I missed it. God, give me wisdom so I can live where you want me to live and live like you want me to live so I don't miss nothing that you have for me. Hallelujah. I don't mind the responsibility to come with the relationship because the, the relationship is so deep and endearing. So when you look at Proverbs chapter 3, Go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding for her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies and all the things you may desire cannot compare with her. Why is that? I'm glad you asked. Because all of that can get away from you. In fact, one day it is. Either it's going to get away from you or you're going to get away from it. Everything you got, got written on it temporary. I know you enjoy the car, but it's got written on it temporary. <laughs> The clothes you wear, temporary. The house you live in, temporary. Everything got written on it, temporary. You don't think I'm in the Bible, but I read the Bible. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up, this is in the Sermon on the Mount again. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
For where your treasure is. For where your treasure is. For where your treasure is. There your heart will be also. Yeah. That, that, that's why the blessings of God. The blessings of God. Are much richer. Solomon says. Than silver and gold. More precious than rubies. All these things you may desire cannot compare with her. What did Jesus say? The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now the question, and I can't stay there long, but the question is, what is the abundant life? The abundant life ain't the house. It ain't the car. It ain't the clothes. It, it ain't the money. That's not the abundant life. The abundant life has to do with what money can't buy. The abundant life has to do with what time can't take. The abundant life has to do with what death cannot destroy. Now, I make no apologies myself about liking nice things. I don't love them, but I do like some nice things. And uh, the Lord has blessed me in many, many different ways. And, but the, the greatest blessing I have is inside me. It's internal. It's not external. And um, I, like, I like watches. I have a few. And so Sandra and I, we had to get the the floors redone in the house and they had to put down this polyurethane whatever they call it you're not supposed to smell it it's just it'll make you sick so we moved in with my son and his wife for about a week so I said the sign said I'm not going to leave my watches here and she said well the, the people they very honest they're supposed to be honest they ain't going to bother it I said yeah yeah they're supposed to be honest <laughs> I said I ain't taking no chance uh, I'm, I'm taking them with me. And so I got all my watches out of the little cases. I got a bag, and I put them in the bag, you know, and I'm looking at them, and I'm saying to myself, now, you don't need all these watches to take time, but nevertheless. So I take them with me, you know, over to Walter's house, you know, I said, I want to make sure they're secure. <laughs> Amen. Now we done moved back in, so I done took them back, put them back in their place. But the fact of the matter, every last one of these suckers got written on it temporary. Every last one of them. Temporary. Ain't no lasting value. And the worst thing I could ever do in my life is I get it twisted and think that a watch, anything else, has lasting value. If nobody reminds you, everything you got, you leaving it for somebody. Amen. You know? Yeah. I used to, you know, be very anxious sometimes if somebody hit my car. Now, I said, well, that's why you got insurance, buddy. Because <laughs> somebody can hit it. And if they hit it and tear it up, what you going to do? Fall out and have a heart attack? <laughs> you better get over it. Get it fixed or let them write it off, right? Because it's temporary. The true riches of God, the blessings of God is not what you have externally. That's all I'm trying to help somebody with. It has to do with what you have inside of you. It has to do with the joy, the peace, the grace, the loving kindness, the mercy, the anointing of God, the, the power of God, the presence of God, the vision of God. Amen. The providence of God. Amen. It has to do with God, what God has placed in you, and it has to do with your relationship with God. 
length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Boy, blessed, 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 blessed. If you have the wisdom of God, get this in your heart as we go through Proverbs. If you have the wisdom of God and you know that the Holy Spirit lives in you, the greatest power in the world, the greatest power in the world is living in you in the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, which shows himself in our lives in seven manifestations. I did that teaching, the series about the seven spirits of God, one of which is wisdom. I'm going to shout if you don't. The greatest power in the world is in me. <laughs> And he's going to give me wisdom that's going to help me to live within the context of the will of God who will order my steps and the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord which means I ain't blessed by accident. I'm blessed intentionally. God give me wisdom. Okay, okay, lip, lip. Sister White, I feel like teaching today, child. Look, turn with, turn with me to, look, turn with me to 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 3, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3. Now, who wrote Proverbs? Solomon. And he's writing to who? His son. And he's encouraging his son to run after wisdom, to desire wisdom, to seek wisdom. He said, get wisdom above everything else. So in 1 Kings chapter 3, Solomon has now succeeded his father, David. And, and Ruby, when he exceeds his father, David, look at, look at 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask what, I shall, ask what shall I give you? Now I'm going to pause right there. I, I'm not going to do it, Aaron. I'm not going to walk up the aisle because I know I get out of the view of the camera. But I sure enough want to walk all the way up to that back to that door. If God shows up in your life and says to you, ask, and whatever you ask, I'll give it to you. What, what you going to ask for? I'm not playing no games with you. It's, it's, it, this is Bible. This is Bible. He showed Solomon his succeeding David. He's the new king. God says to him, ask. Just tell me what you want. Whatever you ask, I'll give it. What, what are you going to ask for? Okay, let's see what Solomon did. Verse 6, 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 6. This is what Solomon did. And Solomon said, he's talking to God. You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Solomon saying, God, you, you blessed my dad, and now you bless me to follow my dad as the king of Israel. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. 
I do not know how to go out or come in. See, it's good to tell God and confess what you don't know instead of acting like you know everything. When you don't know, tell God, I don't know and I can't handle it. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? What did Solomon ask God for after God said, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. Out of all the things that Solomon could have asked for, what he asked God for was wisdom. But it gets better, or I might say it gets gooder and gooder. Verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. It pleased God that Solomon said, out of all the stuff you could have asked me for, you asked me for wisdom. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but you ask for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall, it, shall any like you arise after you. You ask for wisdom. God says, I'm going to give you the kind of wisdom. Ain't nobody going to ever exceed you in that. Verse 13 says, and I have also given you what you have not asked. Okay, now I'm going to give you one more chance to holler. I'm going to give you one more chance. And I have also given you what you have not asked. both riches and honor so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days so if you walk in my ways if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked then I will lengthen your days God the, the, the Bible says when, when Solomon asked God just give me wisdom it says God was pleased with him that he asked for wisdom and not anything else. God says to Solomon, I'm going to give you what you asked for because I'm going to make you so wise. None before you, none after you are going to exceed you in that category. And Solomon, I'm going to give you what you didn't ask for. Look at somebody say, Look at somebody say, let's look at the updated version. Just tell them, say, let's look at the updated version. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. Our problem is misplaced priorities. Keep first things first. Keep second things second. Keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing has to do with the kingdom of God. See, the question, beloved, the question always 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 the question always is what are we living for and that's why you can't be religious 
you can't pimp God. Because this is what he knows. He knows your heart. He knows where it is. He knows whether he's got first place or not. And see, and that's why I'm praying for us not to be religious. Because see, the, the, my concern is that, again, if there's a weakness in Canaan, it is that I've got too many people I look at who are religious more than they are Christian. Because the only thing that's important to you about God, the only thing that may be important to you about God is what God's going to do for you. But he's already done more than you and I deserve. And so why is it that you don't have a passion for what you're going to do for him? The, the, the question is always, what are we living for? Seek first the kingdom of God and, his right, and all these things shall be added unto you. Um, let's fill in the blank. Let's fill in the blank. I want Jesus. Come on, let's say it. I want Jesus and and then you fill in the blank. Like you could say, I want Jesus and a new car. I want Jesus and a uh, five bedroom, no, 10 bedroom, five bathroom house. I want Jesus and financial security. I want Jesus and I want this woman. I want Jesus and I want this man. You, you, you fill in the blank. You, you fill in the blank. I want Jesus and, and you fill in the blank. Now once you fill the blank in, what I want you to understand is what you have done is you have replaced Jesus with what you want. Because anything that you say, I want Jesus and whatever fills in that blank, you have elevated it to the same place as Jesus. But the hymn writer said, I'm happy with Jesus alone. Anything that you put on the same level with him, you just try to replace him. I got one more thing to show you. Ooh, I feel like a lifting in my head. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Turn to Matthew chapter, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. I almost missed this, but in my studies, the Holy Ghost brought it to my attention. And I'm so glad that he did. Again, the focus of the book of Proverbs is on what? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Come on, let's all shout. Wisdom, 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 all right? And the wisdom of God is God giving me spiritual insight, revelation, inspiration, knowledge on how to live my life within the boundaries of his will. The focus of God's will is about the kingdom of God. <laughs> Boy, I feel like teaching today. The focus of the wisdom of God has to do with the will of God. The will of God is focused on the kingdom of God. So when God gives me wisdom, Sister White, what he's ultimately helping me to do is to perceive, 
to receive, to hear, to understand what the kingdom of God is all about. <laughs> Boy, I'm going to teach myself until I'm going to run. This stuff, this stuff is getting so good, it's getting crazy. If he gives me wisdom, and wisdom is personified in Jesus, and Jesus wants me to understand the kingdom. So Jesus says, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth is going to set you free. Jesus didn't come preaching church. He came preaching about the kingdom. And he entrusted to us, the church, the vision of the kingdom. So if you understand the kingdom, the basileia, the rule of God, the reign of God, then you're living with the greatest truth that you could ever have in your life. And the Holy Ghost, which is the greatest power, who is also referred to as the spirit of truth, is going to help you to grasp the revelation of the kingdom of God so you can live in the power of God and operate in the will of God. <laughs> I'm going to throw this mic in a minute. I'm going to throw this. Barbara, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw it. I'm telling you. So look, look, and I'm, I've got to stop because I'm going to hurt myself. Ooh, Jesus. Matthew chapter, what chapter is this? <laughs> chapter 13, verse 44 through 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven. Again, what? The kingdom of heaven is like now what is it like? Treasure hidden in a field which a man found and hid and for joy over it he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. The man is a laborer, Sandra. He's an everyday laborer. He's working in a field and he finds a treasure hidden in the field. Because in the days of Palestine, when people had riches and treasures, they would dig a hole or somewhere outside the house in the ground somewhere to hide the treasure. So when enemy forces came against them, that they couldn't find their treasures. But oftentimes what happened is people would forget where they had buried it or they died and didn't tell anybody that they had buried the treasure and where it was buried. This man is working in a field and he finds a treasure hidden in the field. When he finds it, he understands how valuable the treasure is, so he buys the field because the treasure is in the field. You shout when God shows you something that you didn't know was there, but he guides you to find it. And then you have joy over what you find. And then you respond by saying everything I got. The man took everything he had and used it to buy the field. Verse 45, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Stephanie, I know you like pearls. This man was seeking the great pearl. He's seen pearls before, but he's seeking that one pearl that supersedes and passes all other pearls and he found it he took everything he had and bought the pearl of great price in both parables because these parables are like twin parables Jesus says that's what the kingdom of God is like a man finds a treasure hidden in a field 
a man is seeking for the great pearl or great price and he finds it. And in both cases, they give up everything they got to get it. Jesus says, when you live with my wisdom, when you understand what the kingdom of God is all about, you commit everything you have to the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom is like a treasure hidden in a field. It's like a pearl of great price. You and I will live as blessed people beyond measure when your all is placed on the altar. When you put it all on the altar, my body, my mind, my soul, my finances, my time, my talents, everything I have, I put it on the altar because nothing means more to me than the kingdom of God. And the wisdom of God is God showing me what is most valuable in my life. At the end of the day, it's gonna come down, Sister Hurt, to what are you living for? God help us not to put our ladder on the wrong wall. <laughs> Climbing a ladder only to find out what we thought was there ain't gonna be there. But if I can live for the kingdom of God, boy, he will bless me and bless me and bless me over and over again. And the kingdom of God is priceless. You can't put a dollar value on that. The joy, the peace, the love, the kindness, the mercy, the grace, the long-suffering of God, the anointing of God. It's like what Tyler was singing Sunday. All my life, <laughs> he's been faithful to me. That's, that's kingdom talk there. That's, that's kingdom talk. Amen. The people represent the church no matter where we are. So stay connected and reach others as we grow in Christ.